like to introduce to you, this is Luke Miller. Most of you know who he is. He's our young man who's been faithfully diligent at always working back in our sound ministry. We are blessed. We started the church eight years ago. And uh, we had a pianist, and we're, now we don't have a pianist, and we've had some drummers and guitars, but never seems to stay consistent nor faithful. However, I do uh, appreciate our sound ministry. This is actually, it was so great when we had DJ Praise, isn't that what it was in our VBS? This is DJ Praise, and uh, he keeps everything flowing on a Sunday morning, and Luke loves the Lord. He went to Bible college, and I'm just grateful to have Luke a part of our church. I'm never here. Luke preached here a while back, and so I don't ever get to say just how much I love this young man, and I never get to give him a great introduction. But I have to say that this young man has been faithful to the cause of Jesus Christ. Not to the church, but to Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that we get the opportunity as two young guys in our 20s to be able to minister together. And uh, so I just pray for... You forgot how to add again. I know. I told you I wasn't good in math. But before he preaches, I just want to pray for him. Let's all bow our heads as we pray for Luke this morning. Father, we are grateful, Lord. To be in your presence, to be in your house. And Father, we are thankful to feel your presence and your spirit here with us this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to open up your holy word. And to be able to speak it, Lord, the way you want it spoken. And so Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for a special anointing upon Luke. Help this young man as he kicks off this month of white flag of surrender. Thank you for his heart, for his faithfulness, for his obedience, for his heart of service. Thank you for Ali, for a, a wonderful fiance, as they're just a couple weeks away from being married. And so, Father, we pray for this young couple, Lord, that you'll bless them in their walk and in their journey in this life. Lord, we thank you for the challenge that we're going to get this morning. And as we're here this morning, we just pray again that you will bless Luke and that our hearts will be receptive and open to hear your word. In your precious name, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Luke. Jordan, you are dismissed to go ahead and go down to Jordan's Chapel. I just want to echo what he said. I just want to thank Jason and Johnny for filling in for me this week, for Matt for helping out last week when I wasn't feeling well, and just for the people that are filling in for me while I am taking a sabbatical this month. Whereas not only am I going to be up here, but as I am preparing where I only have 27 days till I get married, which is just so exciting for me and glory, exactly, amen. But I just want to say how awesome it is that I am able to be here today. Not that, not that I have to be here, not that I, you know, I have to stand up here and preach, but I get to. You know, gone are the days where, you know, Sunday morning we're like, well, I got to get up and go to church in the morning, you know. No, you don't got to come to church today. You get to. I don't got to stand up here and preach today. I get to. And you don't got to listen, but you better. (laughs) I just want to, you know, a couple months ago after I had preached the first time, I had thought, all right, I need another sermon. And this was when I was doing some landscaping at work, and I'd just be out there on the mower, and I'd just be thinking, all right, all right, God, what do you want me to preach? What do you want me to preach? And it just came to me, white flag, surrender, surrender to God. And I'm like, what Bible character would I use? There's just so many Bible characters, you know, 
who just totally and completely surrendered to God. Maybe either at the very beginning of their life, or maybe they had to go through a trial. And God was like, hey, here I am. You know, we look at Paul, who went through a a hardship, and he saw God and he completely surrendered. We look at the life of Job, who throughout his whole life, he was totally and completely surrendered to God. No matter what the devil gave him, he said, I am surrendering to you. So me and Allie had went and cleaned Bico one day, and we pulled into Speedway and pastors there. And I'm like, hey, I got this idea. I was like, I got this sermon series idea called White Flag. I said, but there's so many Bible characters. I said, so I don't know, maybe I was thinking me preach a week, you preach a week, Daniel preach a week, Pastor Chris preach a week. He goes, absolutely. He goes, let's see. September, you have the first week. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, you know. So what today we're going to be talking about Jacob. So go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 28, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the little backstory of what leads up to this point. So Jacob was born to Isaac and Rebekah. Isaac was the son of Abraham. So we know that Abraham knew about sacrificing when he was called to sacrifice his son Isaac. Jacob and Esau were twins. Jacob was the younger. He came out grabbing the heel of his brother. So his parents were like, eh, we're going to name you Jacob, which actually means heel grabber. It's kind of like a little, you know, poke fun at you throughout your whole life. You are now going to be known as the heel grabber. There was just an intrinsic desire in Jacob to automatically want to get ahead, you know. And his brother, Esau, he was the firstborn, so he was to receive the birthright and the blessing. If you want to think about his brother Esau, you'd have to think about Sai from Duck Dynasty. Just a hairy guy. And his name actually meant, you know, red head. Because he came out just full of hair, red hair. And so one day Esau was out hunting. He comes inside and says, I am so hungry. My brother, what can you give me to eat? He says, well, I've got some beans here. He goes, I'll give them to you. As long as you sell me your birthright. And in the worst deal in the, all of history of humanity, he says, Okay, you can have my birthright. Just give me some food. But we as Christians, we do that all the time. We satisfy a temporary pleasure at the expense of the future. Something that God has totally d- desired for us. So we're going to fast forward to the age of 40. Isaac is starting to go blind. He's like, all right, I'm starting to go blind. I don't know how much longer I'm going to last. I need to give my blessing to Esau. So he tells Esau, go out into the field, get a deer, and bring it to me. We're going to eat, and I'm going to give you my blessing. When Rebecca heard this, she's like, wait a second. When the twins were inside her, And the Lord appeared to her and said, you have twins. You have two nations inside of you. And the older is going to serve the younger. So Rebecca's like, all right, well, Jacob must really supposed to receive the blessing because that's what the Lord told me. So she works up this plan. She tells Jacob, she goes, go out, get a goat. We're going to kill it. We're going to serve it to your father, and you're going to get the blessing. He goes, mom, what are you thinking? Dad's going to know. 
I don't look like them. I don't sound like them. I don't feel like them. I don't smell like them. She goes, don't worry about that. I've got that covered. So he goes out. He gets the goat. She fixes it up. She puts a goat skin on him and Esau's clothes. And they go in. They serve him the food. And Isaac is like, Esau, is that you? He says, yes, father, it's me. He goes, sounds like Jacob. Feels like Esau. Smells like Esau. Esau, is that you? Once again, Jacob lies and says, yes, father, it is me. So Rebecca told Isaac, she goes, you know what? Esau is going to be mad. She goes, we need to get Jacob out of here. So she tells her husband, she goes, you need to send Esau off to find a wife. So and that's where our story picks up in Genesis chapter 28. It says, And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take the wife of the daughters of Canaan. You may say, well, that sounds racist. Why can't he marry a Canaanite? The Canaanites worshipped false gods. And if he married a Canaanite, that might mean that he would fall into that and worship a false god. There's a verse in the Bible that says, Do not be unequally yoked together. And it's given the example of oxen. If one ox is stronger than the other, all they're going to do is make circles. And they're never going to get anywhere. And all the time in the church we talk about that. You know, you need to find yourself a good Christian person. You know, you don't want to find somebody of the world. When I first started seeing Allie, the one uh, week she came to church with me, and then her grandmother, there being Catholic, she said, he's not going to try and convert her, is she? I said, no, I'm not going to do anything. That's going to be God. You know, even though at that time she was not saved, it was okay because we weren't married. We weren't totally yoked together. And yet God was still working on her. Back to verse 1. It says, And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him, and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take the wife of the daughters of Canaan. I wanted to read that again because you would expect it to say, And God called for him. But God didn't call for him. Which this leads me to my first point. My first point is the influence of others. The influence of others in our life. It can be good or it can be bad. Sometimes... God's not going to directly speak to you. He wants to speak to you through somebody. And at this time, Jacob did not have enough wisdom to know what to do. So his father said, you are going to go and not take a wife of Canaan. In verse 2 it says, Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethel, thy mother's father, and take a wife from thence, the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. A lot of you are probably thinking, I didn't know this was set in West Virginia. Don't, don't look at me like that. I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. I can say whatever I want about wherever I want. I love West Virginia. It's, it's not a bad place. <laughs> so it says, Arise and go to Padam Aram, the house of Bethel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. Write this down. It says, don't underestimate the way that God can use the right people to lead you to the right place. Once again, don't underestimate 
the way that God can use the right people to lead you to the right place. If that's true, the opposite is also true. God can use the wrong people to lead you to the wrong place. People are like, well, I don't want to know what anybody else says. I just want to know what God says. And I've heard that in church before. People are like, well, I just don't think that pastor's right with God. I'm just going to do my thing at my own house and worship God, and maybe God will speak to me. No. God wants you to be in church. He's speaking through people to you. What if God wants to say something inconvenient? Jacob was 40 years old, non-married. It was inconvenient for him to leave his house, to leave the land that he knew and go to a far-off place. It was inconvenient. He didn't want to be married then. He wanted to be married now. I know that feeling. I'm 27 days away from getting married. I want to be married now. I don't want to wait 27 more days. I've waited almost a year. I've waited 26 years. I want to be married now. I'm like, Jacob, I know what you're saying. I think that's why I kind of connect with him, you know. I'm like, come on. Time just is going. Come on. Often, Jesus will command you. He says, right now I'm talking to you teenagers. Listen to this. He will command you through somebody else. You need to listen to the right voices around you, to the people who love you, and love God. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe God wants to speak to you through your wife? Any estrogen patrol? Come on, come on. Sometimes we're looking up for a lightning bolt to come down from heaven when the person we need to be listening to is right in front of our face. Sometimes we just, we just don't hear it. When I was in college, we had this missionary in from Australia, and I had the opportunity to go out to dinner with him afterwards. And I was asking him about the first time he came to America. And he was like, well, he goes, I booked my ticket. My friend was living in Cleveland. He said, so I booked my ticket. He's like, all right. He goes, he's supposed to be there at the airport waiting to pick me up. Got there, was waiting. I didn't see him. I called him up. I said, hey, where are you at? He goes, I'm at the airport waiting to pick you up. He goes, I'm at Concourse D waiting for you to pick me up. He goes, there is no concourse D at the airport. He goes, what airport are you at? He says, I'm at Cleveland Hopkins International Airport, Cleveland, Ohio. He said, oh, I live in Cleveland, Tennessee. But we do that. We book our ticket for something before we get all the information. Why do we do that? We're not listening to the voice of God. No matter how many times Daniel has stood up here and said, we have King's Nights. Come out and join us for breakfast. We have Women of Hope. We're going on a retreat. Join us. We have adult Bible study. You just had to book your ticket and say, there's just not enough at that church for me. There's just no ministry going on. Because you didn't listen to the right voices. Don't underestimate how God can use the right voices to lead you to the right place. And if you don't pay attention to the right voices, you're going to end up in Cleveland, Ohio, at Concourse D, with nobody there to pick you up. We're going to go into my second point. Life situation. We're going to look at verse 3 right now. It says, And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, 
that thou mayest be a multitude of people. When Esau was there saying, I'm going to kill you, God is saying, I'm going to bless you. Esau's like, no, you're going to die. God is like, no, I'm going to bless you. Verse 4, And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to the seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padan Aran unto Laban, son of Bethel the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob and Esau's mother. And when Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aran to take him away from thence, and that as he blessed him and gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the Canaanites. Esau was so angry at this point. When God was using an undesirable life situation to bring Jacob into the land that he had promised all the way back to Abraham. He promised Abraham, I'm going to bless you, make you fruitful, and multiply the earth. Abraham didn't know when that was going to happen. Abraham didn't see it. Isaac wasn't going to see it. And now he was bringing Jacob into the land that he promised. I heard this story one time about this lady. I don't know if it's true or not. If the pastor told it. I don't know if it's just an illustration. But this lady, she was giving up, standing up, giving a testimony. And she said, last week when we were here, I gave my last $20. She goes, I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from. She went home. Her neighbor was an atheist, and he teased her all the time. God's not going to bless you. He hasn't blessed you so far. Why do you keep trusting in him? She said, because he's good. So while she was inside, he took some groceries, put it on her front porch, rang the doorbell, and hid off in the distance. She came out. She looked at the groceries. She's like, God did it. God did it. God did it. She's just out there dancing in her yard. He comes up to her and says, God didn't do it. I did it. Again, she's like, God did it. God did it. He goes, you fool. God didn't give you the groceries. I gave you the groceries. And here's a receipt to prove it. She said, God did it. And he made the devil pay for it. (laughs) God will take the very thing that the devil wants to destroy your life and use it in your life, Jacob. He will bless you if you allow him. Touch three people and tell them God did it. God did it. God did it. Good or bad, happy or sad, up or down, level with the ground, we got to realize that God is leading us to our destiny. Maybe God has blessed you with a lot of money. You don't need to pray about it. God, should I give some of this back to you even though I'm so jacked up and I would have never made a good decision good business decision if it wasn't for you. If he's given you money, bless him back. Maybe you've lost a job. You don't have a lot of money right now. But that time that you have now, you could serve in the church. You could help out with the teens. You could help out in Awanas. People are like, well, they should be out looking for a job. Yes, you should. But you can also be serving in the church as God has called you to. Maybe you say, I'm too old. I can't serve that much anymore. Now it's time for you to be a mentor. You find somebody to mentor. You find somebody to talk to on the phone maybe once a week. To let them know that God has blessed you. 
Sometimes we think, well, if God would just take away all the limitations, I would be able to walk in His will and serve Him. No, if you would embrace His limitations, you would be able to serve Him and do His will. There's this Austrian poet, and there was this younger poet who was in a military school. And later on, these letters were published. And the younger poet was having a tough time saying, I'm here at this military school. I can't do what I want to do. And this poet, Reinhard Marie Roque, wrote this letter, and later on they were published. And here's what the letter says. You are so young, and all beginning is so far in front of you. And I would like to beg you earnestly to have patience with all unsolved problems in your heart and try to love them like locked rooms. Do not search now for the answers that cannot be given to you because you cannot live them. This younger poet didn't know what was going to happen, still had so much to look forward to, but was so depressed. The point is to live everything now. You must live your problems. And perhaps gradually you will live your way into the answer some distant day. Jacob could have felt like life was over. Again, 40 years old, no candidate for wife, brother trying to kill him, had to leave home, didn't know where he was going. But he had to realize, in your problem, God is leading you to your purpose. Again, in your problem, God is leading you to your purpose. You know, God is, you know, Esau is talking about extermination, extermination. God's here talking about expansion, expansion, expansion. He said, I'm going to bless you from the east to the west and from the north to the south. Story's not over. God's work cannot be stopped. We're going to look down at verse 14. It says, And the seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south, and in thee and in thy seed all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in the places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of. It's kind of like what Jesus said to his disciples when he was about to ascend up into heaven. They said, Master, can we go with you? He said, No. You can't go with me right now. He said, I am going to prepare a better place for you. But what I am going to do is I'm going to send down my spirit. I'm going to send down my comforter to be with you until I come again. We don't just have a stairway to heaven. We got the spirit sent down to us. Verse 15. Verse 16. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep. Verse 15, And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places, whither thou goest, and will bring thee into this land again. For I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Jacob had a dream that there's stairway to heaven. Some of you may know the song. That's not what it's about. But Jacob had this stairway. We don't have a stairway. We've got the Spirit of God that has been sent down to us. 
We don't just have this little stairway. We've got the Spirit all around us. You may not have the perfect situation right now, but God can still use you, and He will. You may not have the perfect life, but you can find a place where the sun always shines and God's light is always showing you. When I walk in God's ways, He will lead me to His will. I'm not up here because I'm good. I'm not up here because I'm smart either. I'm up here because I surrendered to God's will. Check out verse 16. It says, And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I did not know it. I need a volunteer to come up here. Victoria, awesome. Jacob, come up here too. I got these jelly beans. These jelly beans are called bamboozled. Which bamboozled kind of means confused. Do you guys like jelly beans? No? Well, you're going to really not like these jelly beans. So they have, there's like a couple bags in here. There's more than just one flavor. So there could be two yellows and two reds. One red might be strawberry jam. It might be centipede. The yellow might be caramel corn. It might be moldy cheese. It might be peach. It might be barf. It might be berry blue. It might be toothpaste. It might be coconut. It might be baby wipes. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It might be chocolate pudding. It might be canned dog food. It might be licorice. It might be skunk spray. Either way, you're screwed because they both taste like crap. So you guys ready for this? I'm going to do this with you. Go ahead. Good. Pick, pick your color. Oh, might be berry blue. Might be toothpaste. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Orange. Ooh. You sure about that? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a green one. All right, on, on three, we're going to do this. You guys ready? Yep. All right, let's go. One, two, three. Lima beans. Oh! You good? You good? Hmm. You guys are lucky. Thank you. God's not trying to bamboozle you. God's not trying to confuse you. He's not trying to hide His will from you. He's not up there in heaven like, well, I'm going to put my will over here. You're not going to be able to find it. No, He wants to bless you. I declare He's going to bless you. I promise He's going to bless you. Why would He send down His Son to die an agonizing death on the cross, to raise Him from the grave, and then send down His Spirit if He doesn't want to bless you? Why do you think God doesn't want to bless you? Check out verse 17. I love this verse. It says, And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? We're going to stop right there. Because you've got you to look at the Hebrew. Sometimes they use multiple words for one word. So dreadful, the original word is ayom. A-Y-O-N. And in other versions, it says this. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Jacob woke up. I can just picture him saying, singing, You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. How awesome is this place. We're going to look at verse 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up on the pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place 
Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And in this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all of that shall thou give unto me. I will surely give a tenth unto me. Jacob took that rock. He poured oil on it and said, I am going to build my life on this rock. We look over in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. When we look at the parable of the two builders, you know, being in the will of God doesn't mean that we're not going to have hard situations in life. So last, last week I was ill. Um, about a week and a half ago, I started experiencing some of abdominal pain. And last week I was, I was just really sick. And then this past week on Wednesday, I just had enough with it. I had to go into the ER. And they did some CT scans. And as of right now, all they know is that I have some swollen lymph nodes. So me being in God's will doesn't mean that life is going to be hard. It's been rough, you know, dealing with this, you know, swollen lymph nodes, with this pain in my abdomen. But in your problem, God is leading you to your purpose. Check it out. Check out this tale of the two builders. Verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Sometimes you don't know if it's the Spirit guiding you, or if maybe you just ate too much before you went to bed. But you've got to trust God. You've got to trust the leading of the Spirit. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat up on that house and it fell and it was and great was the fall of it. It's not the place where we build our house. It's not the climate that you build your house in. It's who you build your life on. Are you building your life on the solid rock? We sing it all the time. On Christ the solid rock I stand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Are you building your life on Christ the solid rock? Are you allowing the Spirit to lead you to where God wants you to go? Sometimes we look at our life situation and we try to see what God is doing and it's also great to have the leading of the Spirit in your life. Sometimes it's hard to tell whether it's leading of the Spirit or maybe it's just your own decision. But the number one way that God wants to lead you into His will is right here, the Word of God. Check it out. If you build your life on the Word of God, He will lead you into His will. So we had our points today. We got the Word of God. We've got, <clears throat> excuse me. We've got the Word of God, 
We've got the influence of others. Follow along. Word of God, influence of others. Leading of the Spirit. Excuse me. Word of God, influence of others, life situations, and leading of the Spirit. What does that spell? Word of God, influence of others, life situation, and leading of the Spirit. Shout it out. Will. Thank you. Thank you. Closing. In closing. Sometimes we have to exalt the, the view of God's Word. And we want to see the influence. And we want to see every situation. And sometimes we just need to surrender and build our life on the Word of God. If you're not building your life on the Word of God, you're going to fall. Set it right here. You're going to, you are like the foolish man. You can't build your life if you're not trusting in God. I'm going to go ahead and invite the praise team to go ahead and come forward. We're just going to this time of prayer right now. I'm going to pray for you. Just God today, just for these few moments that we looked into your word, we ask, Lord, that you make us like Jacob. That you make us say, how awesome is this place. That we are able to realize that in our problems, you are leading us to our purpose, God. That we need to completely surrender to your will. Because without you, we have nothing. Without your leading of the Spirit, Lord, we can't see which way to go. Without listening to the voices around us, we won't know how to overcome that situation. And without looking at our life situations, at the positive side of it, all we're going to see is the bad. We ask, Lord, you come into our lives, that you make us like Jacob, that we build our lives on you, the solid rock. We ask this in your heavenly and most gracious name. Amen.